Welcome back to another episode of the Aim For You Ladies podcast, where we focus on self-acceptance, our mindset, and living our best life. I'm your host, Sophia Tuckett. Welcome back to another week, Opt Out of Lies. Today's episode is solely based on recognizing the lies we tell ourselves. And I have a guest with me today, Kelly Bonner. She is a licensed therapist with over 15 years of experience helping people and organizations transform, evolve, and heal burnout. She believes that black women have been systematically taught that their legacy is struggle, while their legacy is actually one of joy and accomplishment. Kelly is also the host of Black Girl Burnout, And that's exactly where I found Kelly listening to her episode, Opt Out of Lies. And I was sitting on the couch one Sunday late last year, and I reached out to Kelly after listening to that episode and doing my daughter's hair. And I thought to myself, huh, what lies am I telling myself? What lies have you told yourself about your finances, your weight, your relationships or even your career or how confident you may be feeling in your body ladies the fact is we all tell ourselves lies from time to time when we don't check ourselves and the lies that we hold on to it can end up sabotaging our future and how we make decisions that could better our lives so stick around to the end Kelly sharing a personal story in this episode, I'm sure each and every one of you will find impactful and valuable. And if you're new to today's show, welcome. I intend that you stick with me for years to come. Leave us a review if you haven't yet done so. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't hesitate to share it on your Instagram stories or share it with a loved one that may find value in our show. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, ladies, so you never miss an episode. Also, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Every review makes a difference and each and every one of your reviews matters. So thank you for those who have been with me from the beginning and you've left a review. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you. Opting out of lies and the lies we tell ourselves. When I heard your original podcast around this, it made me think of Lauren Hill. And ah. that one song she sings with psychological boxes, take me out of these boxes. And I can't even place the, the name. Do you know what I'm talking about? The song? It's her second album, right? Is it the second album so. where she, and none of them had real titles. Like it was really like Adam lives in theory. It was like the lines of a song, right? Yes. Like that she just named it. So it's hard. To, it's hard to even tell what the actual title of the song was. Yeah. But it makes me think about the psychological boxes we put ourselves in unintentionally when we are constantly lying to ourselves. So I really want to hear from you on your perspective on opting out of lies and what that really means. Yeah, I I love that context because it, for me, when I started, it's really funny that's resonated. It's been one of the, the top episodes for the podcast. And when I said it, it was just in a space where I was like, there was some stuff going on in my life that I was like, I feel like I've been lied to, like been lied to. Right. And I was like, I feel like I've been betrayed and misled and all the things. And then I was just kind of doing my own work around processing that. And that's what gave birth to the episode that was like, yeah, but I've also lied to myself (laughs) here as, as this went around, like there were moments where my intuition had said, 
uh-uh, this isn't great or pause, or there's some things that are happening that you're not okay with. And then there were moments where I also was pushing past that discomfort to create a version of myself that would be okay with what I was sensing was not right. And then like you talked about with this, those psychological boxes, there was a lack of confidence in myself about certain things that I thought I lied to myself about my abilities that I said I had, I was really more limitless than I was making myself. And because I lied about who I was and shrink, shrank myself down, I fit in a little box that allowed again, allowed myself to be taken advantage of. And it doesn't excuse the behaviors of others or things that were going on at the moment, but it was freeing to realize, okay, what piece of this played a part in this situation that I could at least change so it doesn't happen another time. Mm -hmm. And owning that piece of it really brings it down to the accountability and recognizing I played a hand. Yes. And accountability doesn't necessarily mean blame. I think the thing that is really easily confused, I think the reason why people shy away from taking accountability is they don't want to be blamed and shamed. And rightfully so, like that, that's a fair thing to not want. Blaming and shaming doesn't create growth, right? But accountability is the, is it should be empowering. Like one of the things that I have really gotten good at is empowering myself to take accountability because in the knowledge, and I'm sure you are the same way, in the knowledge is the power to change direction, to change context, to change who I'm in relationship with in any sort of way. That accountability frees me to have the things that I want in my life without the blame and the shame and that you're terrible. It doesn't need to come with all of that. It's so true. It's, it's almost like we're taught. Let me just elaborate a little bit. Like think about as children, when you get, or as a child, when you got in trouble, right? And if your parents, I don't know where you're from or any of your details background, but like coming from a West Indian background, like my parents, like my dad's Guyanese, my mom's Jamaican, they're very headstrong people. So you make a mistake you're not making, you made that mistake, but you're living through that mistake over and over again for weeks, yeah. depending on how big it is. Even if you got licks for it, you're still <laughs> through the pain. 20 years the later. Psychological pain, like weeks later. Can you even relate to that? And I think, you know, as an adult, we naturally do that to ourselves because we don't know better. Yes. It's learned behavior. And a lot of it's out of fear too. Like I think about, I have a West Indian mother and American father. And I think a lot of that mentality comes out of this fear that if we don't kind of blame and remind you that something worse is going to happen down the road. And that's kind Mm. of the justification. And it does, again, we're not sitting here saying that's the best way to parent or that that's healthy for folks, but it is coming out of this place again of, of limits of like, I'm scared of what could happen to my kids. So I need to overcorrect them. I need to make sure they get even the smallest mistake. So they never hit the big ones because perhaps they've seen what happens when you hit big mistakes and the huge consequences of that, or what happens to people who are blameless. Let's be honest, historically haven't done much. And so it, I I do think that it comes from that context, but it doesn't change the fact, as you said, that as adults, you know, you've gotten your licks or whatever, and you still are the person beating yourself up 10 years, five years, five months later. And it doesn't create what their parents forgot is that it may stop you from doing the bad, but it doesn't promote you doing the good. 
Right. You said it so, so, so well. It doesn't promote us to do the good because in that space of being accountable, that's our learning lesson, right? Like those are the lessons that we can grab onto. And if, if we're aware enough to even recognize it and really grow from that. Yes. And that's exactly right. Like in that space of accountability is growth. Like you just said, it's healing, it's moving forward. It's not being stuck and getting stuck. Like you said, I think we as women and even as black women have learned really well what not to do with our lives in some ways, particularly career wise and some other different areas. But we we lose the ability to dream about what good could be, like what the forward looks like. We know what not to do. We learned, oh, we learned that lesson, but we don't know about the possibility. And that's its own kind of lie about our possibilities, right? We lie to ourselves about what could be our reality and what isn't a reality. And that kind of being stuck help facilitates that and not being accountable. You know, that's funny. And I know just hearing you say that, you know, what's possible. I I saw a reel the other day with Kanye West and like, we all know he's not doing good in social media. So, (laughs) but he's, but like his reel was really good. I was like, should I post this? Like read, you know, (laughs) my stories, but I saw it and I was like, yes, I agree with that. Like we get so caught up on our limitations that we don't even give ourselves the chance to see what the possibility is, even if we fail, because reality, like I I love to say like failure is just a part of the success process. What about some pivoting? You know what I mean? Yes. So that's what it made me think of when you said those words. And you're right. I think we we are so in the space of the no and the not and what not to do and the negative that and I, I think it's like historical trauma. That's what I talk a lot about, you know, on the podcast is like there's historical lies and legacy that we carry with us. And that's part of it. It's like there is a lot of negativity attached to our past and it has stopped us. It's like, OK, we know what not to do or where we don't want to go. But in that trauma, it's hard to dream. And as a therapist, like what I would tell people, I've told people before, what is a sign of people healing? Like what's a true sign outside of like like the clinical kind of definition? Is that when people dream again, when they daydream? And I'm really a huge proponent of that is because daydreaming is possibility exploring. And true healing is when you're not, I'm no longer in that situation in that, you know, context anymore. And I know not to go back to that context. But I can now, I start to daydream about what my life could be looking like in another context or in another situation, what are my goals and dreams going forward? And that to me has always been the sign of true healing for people who are traumatized. And I think that still is true for us, even if we're not maybe carrying around major trauma, that ability to daydream and to forward think is huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to, you know, opting out of the lies we tell ourselves um when we opt out we end up being more open to the possibilities because it's the lies that end up hindering us really absolutely at the end of it all it is we are our own worst enemy right we're also capable of being our biggest champion and savior and that is part of it. It's like we're own, if we listen to the lies that we believe about ourselves and create limits and create boxes for ourselves, as you said, it it is, it's only when we undo that, 
learning that we can really be the best version of ourselves and really express who we are in a way that is healthy. And when you see it, you see some people who can do that occasionally and people like reaction to them is like, they're weird. Um, and, but they're also free. <laughs> they yeah, may be weird, they're- but they're free people. They're like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm happy. Yes. And you know, it's having kids, any mothers listening out there can definitely relate to, to this because when I see my girls playing and they're just so in the flow of life, no judgment from one another to back and forth. They're just being and in that state and, you know, imagining, right. Whatever it is that they're doing, that's where we need to really get back to as adult woman and embrace the possibilities like you're saying yes and playing and daydreaming and creativity and all those things they're healthy expressions and I think that we as black women have been shamed out of that just because we've had a historical legacy again of working really hard and they're not being space for that like I can't imagine 100 years ago or 200 years ago people were daydreaming as black women mm-hmm. particularly in the, in the North American experience right But even honestly, across the diaspora, I don't think there was a lot of room for that. Right. So that is that has been something we've carried with us. But it's so healing. You know, when you see kids, you see them, they're at their freest and they come up with ideas and they're super creative. And as their brains grow and develop, they're allowed to continue that kind of uh, engage, like engagement with play and and non-judgment. They create amazing things as adults. Yeah, it's so true. What? advice can you give us even just two tips on opting out of the stories and maybe not even you know sometimes we don't recognize it's a lie but the stories we're telling ourselves that are not uplifting yeah I think part of it is like the first tip would just be in recognition right a lot of times I know for myself one of the most powerful moments I had in therapy is I was just talking to my therapist and they and she said to me you have a really critical inner voice I don't know if you know that, but your inner voice is really harsh. And I was just like, this is life. What are you talking? Like, this is just how I've been living. So I didn't recognize it. And the minute she said that, I you immediately started thinking, okay, what was this thought? And I I really didn't think that it was, I thought everybody's voice must be like that, right? It's like, well, it's yeah, not. Yeah, because you don't know. Voice. You don't know. So the first tip that I would say is to start thinking about how often you think of things in the negative and you pick one area of your life. Don't don't go overboard because it could be overwhelming. But if you're having a tough time with your job, just think about how often do I have a negative thought about my job or a negative thought about you know where I'm living, whatever that may be. So start with recognition. So that's tip one, start to recognize it. And then actively do tip two is do something that makes you probably feel very uncomfortable is do the opposite. If you think this job sucks, and this is terrible, and I can't wait to quit, think about what does my dream job look like? Because a lot of times we know this job sucks, but we don't know, well, what is my dream job? Because we're never going to get it if we don't know it. And take some time to write what's your dream living situation, what's your dream partner, what's your dream you know, family life that you want for your family. Take some time to do that. And just take five minutes and don't put any barriers on those dreams. And you'll start to see just even doing that as a beginning step, recognizing how often you're in the negative, and then correcting it with actively forcing yourself to daydream and to think about the best version of whatever that you're looking for. It starts a path. It starts moving you toward better versus staying in the negative. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you say that because we are so quick to recognize the negative, but we 
it's almost like we feel so stuck that we don't think of like, well, what can I do? How can I change? Right. It's just, this is what it is. We got to kind of ask ourselves, does it have to stay this way? And even with our relationships, relationship with self, relationship with partners, friends, loved ones, do these relationships have to stay that way? No, no. Not at any time. I mean, you could make the decision. And that's the other thing too, is knowing how much power we have within ourselves. A lot of times when you live in negativity, you also live in being passive and passivity, right? You just think, well, it's going to be this way. That's the way it's always been. And I just got to deal with my family. That's the way my family is. And that's just the way my partner is. That's how I is with my friends. And it's so disempowering, like at any moment. And that's where the accountability, full circle back to the accountability piece, right? That's the accountability. It empowers you to be like, I can change this. It doesn't have to be this way. And maybe I can't change everything tomorrow. Maybe I can't, you know, if my family life's been going a certain direction, you're not going to have some speech and everything's going to be better, but you can start to, to change who you are in those situations, do some boundaries with yourself and with others. You have the ability to change your life at any moment you want to. It's just about knowing that that power exists. And I think so few of us know that that power exists. Mm -hmm. And when you said disempowering, I think that we don't recognize that we are in a disempowering state. So that's the hindrance, right? Can you relate to that? Absolutely. I think I walked around a lot of my youth feeling disempowered and just in being reaction to people like, okay, you showed up this way. Okay. You know, just very much just (laughs) reacting to what came to me instead of being like, you know, I could actually just go here and get what I want. Right. Right. What came to me. And I think that's like the journey to, you know, adulthood anyways, in a lot of ways for women. But I definitely did that. Like I just stayed and it was there were some great things about my youth. I didn't have like a terrible life by any means. But it was so that's why we're so filled with angst in our 20s. It's like it's such a hard way to live in reaction to stuff and feeling like I have no control over my life. This is just falling into my lap and I've just got to either be thrilled it happened or not. And I, I, I felt more power. I've never felt more powerful than I do now, but the reason isn't necessarily age. I mean, it's wisdom, (laughs) but it's not age. It's the knowledge to know that I could do something different, that I can be in charge of my life. Like I actually fully believe that me, Kelly, I'm in charge of my life. And it's not, you know, the man coming to get me. And again, I'm not saying that there's not real things happening in the world that are stacked against particularly black women. This isn't saying that that doesn't exist, but it's like, I don't live in a world where I just go, I can't do anything because have you read what happened to us historically? I can't do anything because my last partnership was maybe a disaster or I can't, I now just say, yeah, all those things are true. And I get to still live the life I want. I'm determined to do that. And and that is the empowerment piece. Mm-hmm. Well said. That was beautifully said. Self-acceptance is? Self-acceptance, to me, it's power. And it is, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a coming home to yourself, I think, for me. For self-acceptance, it is in a way that I don't think many people are able to do. Like, I really, I not only of all the things I said before, but I also know me better. And I like me. Like self-acceptance is like, I've come home to myself and I like what's here. And I've spent a lot of years, I think when my younger times doing the opposite, 
running away from myself, trying to be somebody else or trying to fit into someone's mold. And true self-acceptance feels like coming home. Like I feel more at home in my body, but beyond just like my physical body, like I feel more at home in me and who I am. And I'm able to properly judge myself. Like, yeah, this is not great. This is, this is good. (laughs) And celebrate that. And I think from what I'm hearing you say, it's almost recognizing too, you know, like if there's a lie, or any dishonesty there. It doesn't stay long. You're you're right. you're there with it, right with it quickly to um just handle it, whatever that may be. Yes, I'm definitely quicker. It's quicker, it doesn't sit. I mean, I still lie to myself every day. Let me be very clear to people as I lean into my microphone. I lie to myself in some capacity probably every day. Uh right, right now I'm lying on my fitness journey and wanting to delusionally believe I'm gonna end up like Halle Berry in the end of 30 days. <laughs> But it's like, I, I, I do lie to myself, but the lies don't sit, you know, like I, as I tell you this, you know, we're joking, we're laughing. I don't truly believe that. Like I have moments and it's like, well, now Kelly, we're, you want to do 15 minutes a day of exercise. That's not the road, right? Right. I'm able to sort them quicker. So there, there's still things that I don't think anybody ever masters things perfectly, but like you said, I quicker, I quickly recognize it for what it is. And call it for what it is, like lying about my limitations, lying about what I'm delusional about and certain things. I call it much quicker and then can correct. Yeah, it's the sense of honesty. I love that. And not only that, you were able to even just like you can call yourself out on it and make Mm -hmm. a joke out of it because, yeah, this is the reality I'm in. You know, I want to have Halle Berry abs, but I'm not going to really put the time. Yeah, not (laughs) Not 15 15 minutes minutes a day. She didn't have a workout video that says... Halle Berry abs in 15. If she does, then I'm on it. But currently she does not. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what is one thing people get wrong about the lies they tell themselves, do you think? That's a great question. What do I think that they get wrong? I mean, the most basic thing is that they don't recognize their lies, which we talked about. They think it's a truth. And the other thing is that people, I would say that people think there's safety in that. Mm. The biggest thing that they get wrong is that they think there's safety in lies. You know, that phrase, ignorance is bliss. You don't need to know. It's better if you don't. It's better if you don't know the truth and stay in the lie. Because living in truth is work. I mean, in full disclosure. But it's much more rewarding work. You're you're living in lies is work, too. I mean, but it's a different kind of work. But I think that that I think the biggest misconception or the biggest inaccuracy is that there's safety in living in lies. Yeah, there's a safety net around the story. Yeah, I agree with that. Good point. Kelly, what motivates you to live your best life? Um, what motivates me to live my best life? Being having not been in it, right? <laughs> like I as I just said, don't don't you know you don't want to live your life in the negative. But I, it sometimes it's like past experience of remembering. I don't ever want to feel this way, and I don't deserve to feel this way again, right? So it's not just like, oh, run from this. It's like, I don't deserve and I'm really clear. So I don't ever want to be where I was before, but I also have a clear picture of what I want my life to be like. And I work on it in little ways. Like I tell people, I didn't get to where I am. Everyone always assumes, right? When you're living this certain life that you just woke up and it's like, today's the day I'm going to live my best life. No, no. There were a lot of not best life days. <laughs> and yeah. there were a lot of like clarity moments where, and it started small. Like for me, what predicts if my life's going to be great is my morning. 
Like I can correlate how good my life is to my morning just by saying like how good my day is going to be. And then how many days that are great <laughs> add up to great months, add up to great years. And it's as small as like I journal in the morning for five minutes and I listen to like a 10 minute routine on an app. I don't, it's nothing super intense. I have my water, I eat breakfast, but it's that small is what has created the life that I wanted because then I end my day. I'm much calmer. I'm much more focused. I'm not like, oh, I'm starving. I got to figure out what I'm going to eat, things like that. So it's small things that have created that life. Mm-hmm. I love it. Great point. Share with us an adjective that starts with the first letter of your name that describes you best. Oh, this is great. And it's okay. Um, I mean, kindness is the easiest one that comes to mind, but I, I, I'm like, I don't want to, I always feel weird saying kindness, kindness, but you are kind. (laughs) I have moments. I will be honest. I think I strive to be a very kind person. I do. I do feel that way. I don't want people to think like, oh, Kelly's off, off this mic. She's a jerk. I'm not. But at the same time, I think kindness takes a lot of action. And I think it's really easy to be nice. I think there's very few people who are kind in the world. There's a lot of nice people. And every day I say, Kelly, was that nice? Or was that kind? And there's a lot mm-hmm. of ways to be nice. That's just not, it's got no weight to it, right? It didn't cost you anything. It's not any, you know, okay. But I do think I, I strive to be kind a, as often as possible. I never really thought of kindness and um, nice the way you just described it. But it makes sense. There's not a lot of weight to being nice. <laughs> It's, it's like really saying hello, isn't. like, oh, your hair looks great, girl. Like that. And I'm not saying you can't say those things. It was right. like, this is totally a tangent. And I apologize. It was no, a fine. huge, that, that learning the word difference between those two words made the biggest difference in every relationship I had, particularly partnership. Mm, because I had known, I, I'd always said like, I wanted a nice man. Like who doesn't want a nice partner? Right. But I realized, no, 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 Kelly. You don't want a nice person you want a kind person and you want to be around kind people. And the best way I could illustrate this, and this was not a romantic connection. is like, I had, I had, I remember I spent time with a man. He was actually my boss and we were, he had his staff and we were walking back from where we're working. I live in a major city and he walked us all the way to the subway. we had stayed late all the way to the subway to our stop and then went and left. He's like, Oh, that's not my station. I got to go like three blocks up to my station. Right. And I thought, how, and this is like a big, important person, how kind, like he, he did the action of actually making sure everybody got home. And the other, his other staff were like, yeah, the rolled their eyes. Like, yeah, he does this all the time. He makes sure because it's nighttime. He wants us to be safe that we always get walked to our subway stop. And then he goes to his stop. And I thought, I don't even know if I had a person that I was romantically involved with that would do that level. And it's a small thing, but a nice person says, get home safe mm. and means it like means it. Like I want you to get home get safe. Home safe right. A kind person walks you to your subway stop, even though it's out of their way to make sure you got home safe. And that realization in that story that I was like, Oh my, because he was like my boss, high, high boss. And I'm like, my just next level boss. I'm getting blood, sweat and tears for would be like, he won't <laughs> even walk me to my car in the garage. Like, <laughs> Literally, it's down the elevator. He'd be like, you know, Kelly, kick rocks. Have a nice day. Right. But it wasn't in that moment. I could then see all the other ways that this person was kind versus this person was nice. And Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, this is what I need to look for in partnership. A man who demonstrates 
the niceness. Like kindness is, is niceness in action. And it changed things for me. And then I wanted it in my, you know, my friendships and my family. Like I want people who are kind in my life, not nice. Anybody can be nice for a little bit, but kindness takes work and it takes action. It's backing it up. Oh, that's so good. Kelly, like I've never really thought of kindness. Yeah. So when you said nice, what did you even say? Like, I need to like rewind, flip it back, <laughs> put it back on. I'm not even joking. It was just so good. Thank you. Cause when I go back to listen to this and edit, I'm going to be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> but so it's true. delicious. Like, like it touched my soul. I love having nourishing conversations like this. Oh, me too. That's what makes podcasting so great, isn't it? But it is mm -hmm. kindness is niceness in action. Anybody can be nice. Yeah. It takes nothing for me to say great sweater. Like it really, it's not hard to be like, yo, you look good today, but it's, a, it's a more hard work. If you say I'm struggling, do you know where the best sweaters are? And can you give me a link to those sweaters? Right? Like it just, it takes more work to say that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, And there, that's where you start to see the difference between people. Because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm busy. I'll blow you off. Or you look great. I don't want to hear you when you don't look great. Like, I don't mm -hmm. want to hear from you when you're struggling at all. And it's just, that's what I've learned to determine in my life that I don't, I don't overuse the word kind. So full circle back to your point, because I took us on a fantastic journey, um, is that when I say kind, because my name is Kelly and it begins with a K, I, I don't overuse that because I, I know that like, it means like, am I doing consistent actions to match up being a nice person? Am I putting that into action? I think you are Kelly. Oh my gosh. You are so kind. <laughs> Thank you. You're so too kind. No, you are so kind. Like 100 girl, you're kind. Thank own you. it. Own it. Thank you. I'm going to own it. Okay. Kind for Kelly. Thank you. That's okay. And it. just yeah, going on that tangent was just so perfect to like just push it home because I think kindness definitely describes you. And now I have a new perspective on being nice and kind, and I'm sure others will too. Oh, well, good. I mean, it makes a difference because we all deserve people who put their words into action yes, in our lives in all areas. Yeah, that was so good you already touched on having a morning ritual. Is there any type of rituals you put into place for yourself to keep it real with not getting too caught up with lies that you may be telling yourself? Oh yeah. I surround myself with people who check me without, you know, hurting me because <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. there's a difference there, right? You want to be checked, but you don't want to be blamed or shamed, which we talked about in the beginning. So I have a really great support system of people who'll be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> you sure about that? And do it in a loving way. So that's important because you, you, you can have the best insight, but everybody needs a little bit of correction. Um, so I have that. Uh, the other thing is I do a lot of self-work of just like, how is this going? I do a lot of checking in with myself and that's where getting to know yourself comes in really, ha really well because you intuitively know when you're just feeling off and then you investigate it. You don't ignore it. So I've stopped ignoring when I feel like things are off and I started being curious about it. 
and investigating like what's going on that I'm doing this or that I'm feeling this way. And that has stopped me from, from getting into situations that it's like, oh, I've ignored this and now I'm lying to myself. So I'd Mm -hmm. see those two things. Okay. And Kelly, if your life were a chapter book, what chapter do you feel like you're in right now? Well, this is good. You have some great questions. Really great questions. Uh, if I was in a chapter book, okay, I would I would say I'm definitely not the end, thank goodness. But I'm on. They call like when you write a story, the like the rise of your character, where like the characters like they've been beaten, some bad happened, right, and they've solved that problem, and they've you know they've conquered in some way, and now they're like about to either put a plan in motion or completely like they detail them running off into the sunset, right? So like they're going to reconnect with the people. I would say that's where I am. I'm on the rise. Like I haven't hit where I want to go, but I'm definitely on the path to getting there. And it, hopefully I think I'm going on, a, on an upward trajectory. Mm, okay. I like that. When do you feel the most proud of yourself, Kelly? When I am genuinely kind of living my truth, it used to be in some other things. And now it's like, I'm just really proud of myself when I am able to have like a measure of peace with what I've done in the day. And I feel like I'm living in my purpose. Like, okay, this is what I was meant to do. Those are probably my proudest moments. And they call it small. They don't have to be like a big thing anymore. It's just like a small moment of like, oh, I'm sitting in my couch at the end of the day, accomplishing something, watching Netflix and feeling great because I had a good day, right? I'm so yeah. proud I got to this place where I can enjoy it. Uh, it could be as small as that. Okay. And, you know, we're into 2023. Do you have a word that is supporting you to to continue on? Yes. The year? What's your my word? My word is abundance. And I have a little affirmation that I have with it that I I talked. I talked about this on my podcast and I said, uh, there is more, more, and still more. And that is my affirmation that I live in the more and the more and the still more. So I don't need to worry about what I say no to, what I let go of that needs to be let go of because there's still more coming. Mm. And I almost feel like that affirmation is more of like, um, a mantra. It could yes. be more. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely my mantra. It's all things. Like I, I remind myself of it often when I have to say no, or when I'm nervous about something, particularly if you're like an entrepreneur and you're on your own, like there's a lot of times where you're like, do you, you could just take this and have like a little bit of something versus saying no. But I realized that living in that space when I've said no, like five other doors open up or when I've said no to people or relationships, five other potentials or friendships or connections come in the door. So that mantra has kind of kept me stable and balanced in making the right decisions for myself. I like that because I feel like with abundance, it's not about money or yes, of course it can be, it may be a portion of it, but it's like more than that abundance of health, you know, peace of mind, um, genuine connections. There's so many ways to look at abundance outside of money. So I, I like that. And it makes still your, your mantra. Go for it. It's I haven't <laughs> put it on a t-shirt and trademarked it yet, but 2025, everybody watch out. No, <laughs> no, it is. And I think of abundance is way more than money. Money is the most basic version of abundance. Basic. For me, it's like an abundant life of peace and joy and all the things that I want in my life that there's 
there's no limit on how much joy you can have. Like I've come to realize that and that's linked to abundance. Like there's no cap on your joy and you can get it anytime you want. You know, you can, you know, I would say you go to the ATM of joy anytime you feel like it and take out some, withdraw some of that joy. And so I live in that space where it's not just about money at all. Mm -hmm. Great tip. Um, Do you have a favorite quote, poem or book you've read that you want to leave with us before we wrap up? I have so many of those things. Um, I always, now I've been on a kick of recommending one of my favorite books, which apparently now has become controversial, but I really love Zora Neale Hurston's Their Eyes Are Watching God. And that's one of my favorite books. I listen to it. I read it, excuse me, every year. And it's about this black woman who goes on this journey. It's really like kind of like a romance novel, but like a romance with herself. Like she goes on this journey, it's told through her life as she marries these different men and has these relationships. And the end of the book, it's not a spoiler, I'm not gonna give you content end, but the end of the book is she, it talks about how she cast her net out uh, to the world, her soul out as a net to the world. And then she went out to see what's caught in the meshes. Like she goes out to go find herself. And it's so beautiful and uplifting. I mean, she's coming back home. The book starts with her coming back home as a woman who's like 40 in her in her early 40s. And it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever read about hopefulness in the face of like, life is not easy. It's about a Black woman in the 1920s um, in South Florida. It's not easy. But it's about how she comes home to herself like the true romance that she has is this journey to finding herself. And she's so optimistic about going out into the horizon. She called, she cast her net and called into the horizon as the quote to come out and see. And so she goes out to kind of find herself and have this kind of joyful life. And it's just every year I listen. And as I get older and now I'm like, Oh girl, you, you, you go about to be the main character, Janie, as I'm now, (laughs) it it means more. Like it meant a lot in my twenties. It means a lot more now. And I'm like, this is such a beautiful book for me to, to to go to that kind of always makes me feel optimistic even though it's got some tough moments Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab that book so I've written it down I talk it up but uh, some people are like there's it it uses South uh, Floridian dialect so it does you have to read out almost when you read out loud it sounds fine but when you read it you're like this seems more because the Zora Neale Hurston was also an anthropologist and so oh, okay. she studied the people of South Florida and she wrote it in their dialect. Like when they have conversations, they speak in the dialect that they would speak in. And then she narrates it beautifully like around it. So caution on that. But it is, I think if it's, if it's worth the read, if you like that kind of thing. Okay. I don't know if I like that kind of thing. Exactly. I'm still going to grab it. But I mean, <laughs> it's like, you don't know what you don't know. So why wouldn't I grab it and just try it? You know, like I'll just I'll get try it. it. Or read yeah, the first couple pages and the last couple pages because the first pages are brilliant. She talks about the way men and women love differently and it's Ooh. beautifully said. And then at the end, she it's it's very much anchored. So you could read the first chapter and then the last kind of chapter before and the dialect may throw you off, but those you'll get the main points. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that, Kelly. I am so thankful. You have no idea for the time you've spent with me because time is so precious and you you've been able to just, you know, shine so many different lights on the lies we tell ourselves between kindness and nice and kindness is the action of niceness or I don't even know if I'm quoting you right is it right yeah it yeah is right, it's nice to put into action yeah yeah so I'm just grateful for your time 
Yes, I'm Thank so excited you. to be here. This was great. You're this was wonderful. This was such a good interview. So many great thoughtful questions. I'm very excited. I spent the time. It was well worth it. Oh, thank you. That's Kelly Bonner. Thank you for sticking around to the end. I hope each and every one of you found a couple nuggets there to pull away and maybe implement in your life in some way or another. You may be looking for coaching support. I'm actively taking new clients, so don't hesitate to reach out. My contact details are in the show notes. Ladies, you may have a friend or a family member who has been going through betrayal and the mixed roller coaster of emotions that come with it. Please recommend The Other Side of Infidelity, which is an ebook. I created at the beginning of this year, well, late last year, that has been thoughtfully organized with strategies and ways for women who have faced infidelity to reimagine their future and get on the other side of infidelity. Until next week, ladies, continue to aim for you and be well.